I speak to you in the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word, and my servant will be healed. One of the joys of parish ministry is helping couples to prepare for marriage. In addition to an intensive premarital counseling program, I often invited couples to discern and decide on a motto for their family life. I asked them to share that motto with a gifted, creative family member or friend who could perhaps embroider the motto and frame it and give it to them as a wedding gift. And then I asked them to put it in a highly conspicuous place in their new home. <laughs> to this day, I still remember perhaps the briefest but most powerful motto I have heard from a couple. Just three simple life-changing words. I choose you. I choose you. In their life together, God speaks these words to Israel over and over again. I choose you. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples, but because the Lord loved you. The Lord has today declared you to be God's people, a treasured possession. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. I choose you. You are the ones I have chosen to partner with me so that the nations will see my light, my love, my dream for the world. So why is it that those who are called to be spiritual leaders, lay or ordained, sometimes find that so hard to believe? From Moses to Jeremiah to Isaiah to perhaps you, perhaps me, why is it sometimes so hard to believe? So when Jesus lifts up a Gentile, one of the not chosen ones, as a model of faith, perhaps he's trying to teach Israel and you and me something about faith. The centurion is a man on a mission. He wants to save someone who is suffering and suffering intensely. He likely has access to the kind of health care that many could only dream about, but he chooses Jesus. Jesus may or may not have been his first choice, but he knew he needed help and he was desperate. He had faith that Jesus could provide it. But when Jesus offers to come and do as he asks, this secular leader initially responds with those all too familiar words, Lord, I am not worthy. 
I call it unworthinessitis. <laughs> it's a virus that infects the heart of many a spiritual leader. It can last for a few days or a few weeks or even a few months. But in many cases, it can last a lifetime. It's particularly invasive, I've noticed, during exam time and during ordination time. Here are some of its unspoken symptoms. I'm not good enough. I have to keep proving that I'm good enough. I feel like a fraud. I'm not good enough. Unworthinessitis can blind us to the good work that God has already done in us and that God is doing in us. It can keep us from celebrating how far we've come and it can drive us to overcommit ourselves in an effort to prove that we are worthy of the call of God on our lives. Which leaves little room either for grace or for gratitude. But the biggest symptom of unworthinessitis is amnesia. The inability to remember those three simple words. I choose you. Not I chose you. I choose you. Here, now, I choose you. So whether you think you are too young or too old, remember those words. I choose you. Whether you're an A student or a C student, remember those words. I choose you. Whether you are undervalued or overvalued because of what you do, remember those words. I choose you. Did God not know what God was getting into when God chose us? Jesus invites us to learn from the centurion. The centurion acknowledges his unworthiness, but he doesn't fixate on it. He recognizes that someone is desperately depending on his decision, his decision to not allow his sense of unworthiness to stand in the way of their healing. He refuses to waste precious time focusing on what he lacks, but he keeps his eyes on the one who is worthy in order to fulfill his mission to connect Jesus with those who desperately need Jesus. In an article on how one family became sex offenders and sex traffickers in Mexico, Journalist Anastasia Moloney of the Thomas Reuters Foundation interviewed the mother and her two sons after their release from years in prison. One of the sons recalled that, I was never taught to value women. I saw my mother being beaten by my stepfathers, so women became worthless. There's nothing easier than tricking a woman and I would see a man who doesn't love themselves. So tricking women we would later abuse was easy. They were vulnerable, they lacked love. We took advantage of that. We would pretend to be in love 
luring them with false promises. The brothers would then force these teenage girls into prostitution and they didn't hesitate to beat them with a baseball bat. Ponchito was the name of the baseball bat if they didn't meet their quota or disobeyed the rules. But when we read on, we discover that the perpetrators once were victims themselves, caught in a vicious cycle of poverty, violence, and despair, in terrible distress. You and I have been chosen to be a light to the world. A world that needs us not to be paralyzed by a sense of unworthiness, but a world that needs us to keep our focus on the one who is worthy. To connect Jesus with those who desperately need to receive his healing and to reflect that Jesus to those who desperately need to experience his love. I choose you.